into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Respect, people. Yay! <laughs> Yay for Missy, and thanks for that intro throwback classic Missy Elliott. You know, I, I had a chance to watch her uh, perform live at the 2018 <sighs> Essence Fest. It was so dynamic, but she came out to Cardi B's song, oh my which God. was even better because I was like, so that I don't know about, but the fact that she is like respecting younger rappers and younger rappers respect her. Like, I don't she's know, Missy's best. iconic. She's iconic. Yeah. Uh, speaking of icons in the making, welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard. <laughs> Where we are icons in the making. I don't know. Hey, that's subjective. Um, Welcome, guys. Happy Sunday. Of course, this is the show where we talk politics, social issues, and pop culture from a young perspective even though that's re- that's subjective too like i don't know subjective yeah, i am subjective. young okay it's it's jackie who's going to her death right it yeah, was jackie right. who like turned i turned turn, right i texted you to invite you to my funeral aka my 30th birthday party Wait, in a couple so weeks we are we are all in our washed years now well, well I, I still have a few weeks. I'm mm, I'm no. not there yet, mm. but we all know the whites age faster. Sorry, <laughs> that's not that's true. Not wrong. <laughs> that's oh. not wrong. We gotta say good morning to Willow. Morning, Willow. Yay. Yes, Hi, good morning Willow. to everyone who's watching. Willow, who will be 31 week after me, so Whoa. she's she's next. Oh, you calling Willow out right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heather she's had putting you on blast, Willow. Heather, yeah, Heather's still a young one. So you said it next, like it's like the bird box saga. <laughs> like I'm going down, then you're going down. Like it, that, that's we're funny. all going down with we're arthritis down. and whatever else. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to let your voice be heard right here on WHCR ninety point three FM. My name is Selena Hill. On Instagram, you can follow me at Miss Selena Hill. And apparently, my Instagram stories are so popping that even Stanley started watching. Then he <gasps> called me and was like. Your, I watched your Instagram story. It was so late. They're did always you not? Good. Wait, did was you this not? the one at the birthday party at the bowling? Because I watched that one. Yeah, it you was see, that you one. You see why I don't say nice things to Selena? <laughs> you know, honestly, though, my favorite Instagram story, like, over the past two weeks was one of Jackie's, and it was uh-huh. Ben eating a zebra cake. Because I was like, oh my God. how has this man never had a zebra he, cake in We his were life? out at a bar, and Willow, who is listening, will appreciate this. He was out, We were out at a bar with friends, and somebody said something about craving zebra cakes, and Ben was like, what's that? <laughs> and we were all like, excuse what? me? And he was like, I've never even heard of zebra cakes. He's from California. Never, it's a horrible place. That's why. He had never, no. I, th- I've known plenty of people all over the world that know what a zebra cake is. So we left the bar and immediately Hold walked on, into You travel a, all over the world and ask them if they no, know about I'm zebra cakes? Being, okay, yes, Selena. That's the first thing I ask people when I travel all over the world. Um, so we went immediately to a bodega and they had those huge ones for 99 cents and we bought four of them and it was a great, great time. I'm glad he had a great yeah. experience. <laughs> um, well, can we take a step back real quick sure. no one knows who we are no who i introduced myself speak oh, for oh, yourself oh, stanley oh. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. everybody knows who selena is but nobody knows who anybody else is that is so fair, why that don't is you fair. tell us who you are well, hello beloveds my name is stanley fritz you can find me on twitter at stan fritz sexy you can chocolate. find no, no hashtag more like average looking chocolate <laughs> <laughs> no no you're very sexy stanley oh that Thank was you, nice Alyssa. this is coming from a gay woman so you know oh. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't really count so no it counts it counts more because, you know, I ain't trying to hit it with him. Yeah, because like, she looks at guys and she's like, nope. So, but like, for me, she's like, <laughs> Exactly. Hmm. All right. So, you can find All me right. on Twitter at Stan Fritz, on Instagram at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Snapchat. I've been on Snapchat. I snapped one thing yesterday at Dark Skin Swindle, a first edition copy of the Black Panthers book Ooh. that the lady at the bookstore, yeah. Sisters Uptown Bookstore, would not sell to me. You had a, a good hitter. You had a good Instagram story yesterday of your <sighs> bookstore experience. Did and you like see my bodega, fest. Secret Curtain? No. Oh, I'll show you later. Okay. <laughs> um, hi. 
Good what? morning. <laughs> I'm Jackie. Uh, you go first. I'll yeah. go last. Okay. Last, last, and best for last. Um, I'm Jackie Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at Jackie Cohen, J A Q I C O H E N. Um, I all yeah. Hi, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> you need a zebra cake. I need a zebra cake. Is, there, is sugar, there's a problem with the subway? Contact no, me. please don't I contact mean, Jackie. You probably already do. I Stanley miss doing certainly. That. <laughs> you you miss it as if you haven't been doing it. I haven't done it in like a good oh. week. Well, I used to do on a train. I, Me and Jackie would be on a train together, and when no. I was getting off, I'd be like, guys, any nev- problems you have with the MTA, talk to her. You've she never done that, MTA. but I'm, well, I'm nervous about... Wait, right. You've it? never done that, but I'm worried that you're going to, I, and that's I why just, I don't take the train you. know, you. I, I tweeted the MTA, like... Mm-hmm. I'd be like, uh, oh, wait, I should tell you who I am first. So yeah, I'm Alyssa right. Fuchs. I am your political and legal correspondent. So talk legal to me. Um, and professional MTA tweeter. Professional MTA tweeter. In fact, I was in the New York Daily News you last were. week for being a professional MTA exactly. tweeter. So <laughs> check out that New York Daily News yeah. article. Can you send it or out? Or You're the only it? one who's like out the loop I didn't over see here. It. All well, right, maybe, it we'll, maybe we'll share it on the page. But Alyssa, you know, I am professionally talking about transit. And Alyssa was in the Daily News talking about transit. Transit. Twitter. Nice. Um, so yeah, I, I uh, you can find me on Facebook when I'm not in the Daily News yeah. on um, Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S. Or you can leave a comment on the Politically Preposterous fan page. Um, or you can find me on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs or on Instagram, Alyssa.Fuchs. Um, I don't know. I'm like an amateur transit tweeter. But you know what it is? Transit issues have a lot to do with criminal justice issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a lot of interaction there. Um, but mostly my anxiety just gets really high when <laughs> when the MTA tells me that we have quote unquote good service and then tweets at me telling me that there's a problem with the Q train so like you know either maybe update your website and say that we don't yeah, actually man. have good service um, because like this is terrible service as in the opposite of good service well, we hear you. Yeah, <laughs> so guys, we actually have a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about the shutdown, mm. showdown 2019. The government is shut all the way down. And we're going to talk about the very real impact that that is having in your lives and in our communities. Um, we're also going to talk about other things like the fact that R. Kelly... Uh, is under an investigation in Georgia. There's been some other allegations and revelations coming out about people who were in the documentary mm. and other women. So we're going to talk about surviving R. Kelly. The saga is continuing. Yeah. Um, and I, I know Jackie and Stanley in particular have some thoughts on that that we will share. Yeah, panic so- attacks and not reading. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, guys. So, of course, if you want to let your voice be heard, feel free to give us a call at 212-650-6903. Mm. Again, that's 212. Oh, you want me to go? All right. 659. 612-650-6903. Or you can tweet us at BeHeard. Underscore. Radio. Or you 69. can you can leave us a comment on our Facebook Live. That's so annoying. <laughs> Stanley in particular or you can leave us a comment on Facebook Live shout out to everyone who is tuned in via Facebook Live yeah shout out to Antoinette shout out to Willow to Darren Thank you guys. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> all Everybody three. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, and we have course, eleven people right watching right now. So shout out to all eleven of you. Even yes, if, yes. Leave those comments. Engage with us. Talk to us. We want to know your thoughts on the shutdown, how it's imp- impacting you, and of course the immigration crisis, which is not a. If you say crisis, it's a humanitarian crisis, and we'll talk about that in a few more minutes. Right now, we have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Alyssa Fuchs. Oh, I'm black, huh? 
You know this now. So Selena <laughs> just said that you wouldn't end up in jail without evidence, and my response was, uh, are, really? He's are a you black man. No, we're talking about the circumstances that we were talking about on break. This One is time I gave light. Jackie a hug and I got arrested. You know how much time you get for talking to white women? I can't Come on. It. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 98.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you're wondering who this is, it's Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs, Selena Hill, and of course, Jackie, Mother Love, and Cohen. In the studio, we also have our youth intern, Dejanay, who came to play, but youth not when you're talking about Jay-Z. And we also have the Immaculate O in the studio for the first time. So if you're on Facebook Live, say hello to the Immaculate lit cool interns but Dejanay's a youth so she doesn't know stuff all right thank you for that introduction so we're starting things off talking about the news stories that made us really upset over the week and maybe something that was exciting so feel free to let us know what news you were talking about i know Alyssa wants to talk about some breaking news that happened within the last 24 hours i mean yeah it's like breaking in the sense that the new york times broke it last night um although i feel like it's also news that we sort of all sort of knew which is apparently um the fbi started investigating donald trump for potentially being a russian agent way before he even like got elected president like while the campaign was still going on and even at the beginning of his presidency before the Mueller investigation was open there were people in the FBI were like wait uh what like maybe he's working for Russia um and so obviously this is another one of those articles from the New York Times that comes from a quote unquote unnamed source who doesn't want to go on the record with their name because presumably they're still working for the FBI and they're giving information that really we're not supposed to know. Um, But, like, it's kind of like confirming something we, you know, obviously there was no conclusion whether he was or wasn't. uh, Whatever information they got, they passed on to Mueller. That report's going to be coming out soon, presumably. Um, But that's, like, nuts. I mean, it's like confirmation of things that we already thought were probably true. Yeah, I mean, people have been acting surprised, and I guess you got to act surprised because it's (laughs) finally been confirmed. But I thought that's what we all thought from the beginning. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, three words, lock him up. Can we do that as a chant? Uh, no. Okay. So I want to switch the gears we a little bit. We want to be that bit. petty. I mean, do we want to talk about this some more? Because, I mean, it is a big thing, technically. Um, I don't. Anyway, <laughs> I, what I do want to talk about, though, so Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as a Puerto Rican princess of the Bronx, She's in Congress now. She's 25 years old. She's not washed like Jackie, and she's <laughs> no, shaking she's things not. up. So much so that Democratic congressmen are nervous and trying to rein her in in the background. They're saying that she's talking about taxing the rich and helping poor people, and they don't like that stuff. And But they're afraid to talk to her, to her face, because she might make fun of them on Twitter. That's a political story. Yeah, there was a really interesting article in Politico this week where a lot of members of Congress, including a lot of representatives from New York City, went on record to say, well, you know, we think that she's going about things all wrong. She should be focusing on making friends here and not on, you know, policy changes. Or, I mean, basically, it's like this clash between the old school and the new school. Yeah. And I think that they are, you know, what they were saying is not surprising. Again, right. What they're saying is, oh, she should be focused on sort of being more transactional and willing to work and collaborate with other members of Congress. But I was shocked to see them go on record and be so blatant about it when they know that she primaried somebody who yeah. was from that that old school, right? Yeah, def- to me, that's such a bad move. Alexandria is the darling of the progressive left. Like, she speaks to millennials, she speaks to people of color, and she's representing so well. And I think that if Democrats want to pit themselves against her and say things, you know, bad things about her on record, it's just making them look further 
further disconnected. The reason why Alexandria run her, won that primary and is elected is because she's not afraid to go against the grain. She's not afraid to speak up and represent us. And she doesn't care who it takes off. Like she went to Nancy Pelosi's office while there was a massive protest going on and she joined them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know what? I get you. I feel you. And honestly, I feel like she's one of us. Right. No, look, look, oh, I, I, look, I hear you on all this. I, I agree with all this. There's two things I want to say about it. One, there was something in that article that was pointed out um, that I did agree with. Uh, most of the article I didn't agree with for the reasons you guys already mentioned, so I won't ar- uh, repeat them. But the one thing that struck me about the article is they said with certain people, certain Democrats, mm-hmm. they are at risk in their district. They live in a moderate district. They live in a more centrist district. And that for some people, she needs to be careful about what she says because she could end up in a situation where she could say something that we may very well agree with and she could cause a Democrat in a swing district to lose their seat, which could mean less Democrats in Congress. So that was the one part of that thing that I thought, like, you know, maybe that in certain situations, not all situations, but in some very small situations, she should maybe take us to back back. That is a very small, like I said, I want to make clear, I'm, I'm not saying that should, as the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe in one or two situations, that is true. Um, the second thing I just wanted to point out well, is about the, the tax cuts, but I can wait on that. Yeah, thanks. So, like, I just wanted to point out one thing. I would take that more seriously if one of the people not speaking publicly was Yvette Clark, exactly. a right. Brooklyn exactly. congresswoman who almost lost her district because she's crappy on the issue. Right. And, like, why are you even uh, criticizing Alessandra? Because you know what? You got young people of color who are ready to make you unemployed. Why don't you make sure you're passing legislation and speaking up for the issues that people in Brooklyn care about? No, I agree with that. You know, it, it's the idea that there may look. There's 500 something congressional districts. There's going to be a few districts here and there and in between where a moderate, uh, sorry, moderate Democrat, even though we may not agree with them, may be a better fit. I'm not saying that's always the case. Yeah. I actually think. Progressives are doing a better job of winning and in some cases winning over people that, you know, you would think would more likely vote for a moderate Democrat. But I'm saying that, like, you know, we we just can't look at everything with a blanket. Right. We have to be open minded about the fact that some things work somewhere and some things don't work. But I don't think that this status quo sort of maneuvering of the Democratic Party as of late, as of the past few years, is working anywhere. And I think that it is important to have a check on power, right? And I think what was so remarkable about her campaign was, you know, a lot of people, I remember hearing during the election, oh, but Joe Crowley, he's, you know, he's from New York and he's going to go up against Trump and he's like a good Democrat, quote unquote. And I mean, I would disagree with that. uh, Sure. (laughs) But, but, you know, a lot of people felt that way. And I think that what was so remarkable about Ocasio-Cortez's campaign was that she proved it doesn't matter if you are, you know, on paper on the right side of things. What you need to do is be connected to your base, connected to your constituency, represent the party and, and you know, try yep. something new. And she's re-energized oh, the yeah. left in a way that no other person has, I think, aside from yeah. Bernie Sanders. Right. I mean, and I mean, I know like she she obviously can't run for president. Right. Because no, she's, she, too well, she's too young to. Um, but she has done something, I think, really remarkable in that she's engaged young people she's engaged the progressive left in ways that no other candidate has in recent years besides 
besides Bernie Sanders. And something that's happening to Ocasio that happened to Obama is because she's a woman, but she's also a woman mm, of color, no. all of a sudden now people are trying to prove her as a fraud. Yeah. She didn't she wasn't really that smart. She didn't deserve yep. to go to this college. She's not really from mm-hmm. from like a rough neighborhood. Oh, she no. grew up um about ten minutes. I mean she's from the Bronx, right? And she's lived in the Bronx for years, but where she she gets called out a lot from uh for growing up in Yorktown Heights, New York, which is about ten minutes from where I grew up. And we would have been if yeah. you know I lived one town over, we would have been in the same class growing I mean, up. And that's a town what is I think amazing and speaks to her as well as similarly to my experience we both grew up in some of the most conservative towns in Westchester County so the fact that she was sort of confronted with that her whole life I think helped probably prime her for the position yeah, she's no, in now too. No, I, absolutely and I know we do have to move on because a lot of other news stories but speaking of women of color who you know when they speak up get criticized all of us are still talking about surviving R. Kelly um, you know it was hard enough for me to take one episode so I had to do a lot of reading up on it because you know just the, the graphics well I mean you get so many visuals just the way that these victims or survivors uh, described how they were harassed assaulted and abused by R. Kelly uh, for years and I want to say that ever since this came out we know that he is now under investigation in um, in Georgia so that may or may not lead to some jail time but on top of that Torre who has been yes. on Let Your Voice Be Heard before uh, he is a famed black journalist mm-hmm. he actually did one of the most famous interviews with r kelly when he asked him in 2008 do you like, like teenage girls, girls. and and right no he was he said do you like young girls no, he and said teenage he, he said do you I like teenage girls and r kelly infamously responded by saying and i quote when you say teenage how, how old, old do you mean how right. old okay. are we talking so now it turns out that a woman has claimed uh, that she, when she was working for it with him as a makeup artist, he repeatedly, repeatedly, um, repeatedly sexually harassed her verbally. So, I mean, he has come out to Essence through a rep saying that uh, he, he described it as edgy and crass banter. And at the time, he didn't think it was offensive and he's sorry for the language. But I, I mean, I, I guess I'll throw it to you, Stanley, because, you know, what do you feel about Tore, who was making media rounds, criticizing mm-hmm. R. Kelly? And now it turns out that he is being accused of sexually harassing a woman as well. So let me just say that that can be almost any guy. Like almost every guy has said or done something wild trash to a woman. And because like it's always been considered like standard operating procedure, he doesn't even know it. Or he hasn't yeah. even thought about it. Torre is lying. I saw like they, he, they the DM messages between him and a makeup artist got leaked. She warned him several times. And then he still came in her inbox and was like, hey, sweetie. And she hit him with the what's up, Harvey. And then that's when wow. he was like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Like he knew what was going on. And... I think what happened to Ray is a good example of why more men need to do some soul searching, myself especially, to think about like some of the ways you have acted and talked to women and really come to like to terms with that and start to deal with it because you're going to see a lot more of that. If people start talking about some of the things I said in college to women on oh. campus and are you crazy? Like, listen, it, it wasn't pretty. It, it was not. So that's just the fact. Um, you know, I mean, look, just just to loop back around to the beginning, I think the more sh- and as somebody who, in full disclosure, has not seen the R. Kelly d- documentary, I think it's more shocking, not just the documentary itself, but the amount of people that are still defending R. Kelly. I mean, literally, I had a conversation with somebody the other day who l- told me, oh, well, you know, these girls wanted it. And the only reason they're coming out now is because they're trying to get some money. So, you know, like at this point, I feel like when we now are also talking about him being investigated 
prosecuted criminally, um, you know, from a legal perspective. And of course, those are allegations. And, and, you know, there's one thing, there's the press and whatever. And obviously, I believe the women. And then there's the other thing, which is, if he has criminal charges brought against him, he is entitled to the presumption of innocence um, in the court of law, not necessarily in the court of public opinion. Um, but the amount of people who really think that pe- women would just come out and, and put themselves out there like this so that they could get money. And, you know, some of them might, but that's like an aside. Yeah. It's like apples and oranges is like insane to me. And I something that's really been shocking to me, too, and I've been watching the series. I still have one episode to go, um, and it's been really brutal to, to listen to these stories, right? It's been awful. Um, but what's so surprising is that many of the stories that we're hearing about through this documentary series are not new, right? There are things that we've known, things that, I mean, certainly the Aaliyah thing is things that, you know, we knew. Many of these stories, the public has very... Has has known about right. We did a whole show about it um, about a year ago on on Let Your Voice Be Heard. But I think that having it all laid out at once, right, and seeing the whole depth of the problem. I mean, it doesn't excuse the fact that there's been no action at any of these yeah. um, incidents, right? For years, this has been a person who's been an abuser, who has been manipulative, who has taken advantage and and statutorily raped young girls, allegedly, allegedly. Um, and and no one has done anything. And I think that now we're at a point where it's all laid out at once and there's no excuse anymore. Yeah, it definitely isn't. And, you know, I know we're wrapping up this up, but, you know, speaking of people who uh, you said were defending him. So R. Kelly celebrated his birthday a few days ago. He went to the club. He started busting out a song, Bump and Grind, and women were like screaming. And there was one report where women, which said allegedly that a woman or some women were there screaming, um, take me hostage. Which is beyond. beyond. But you know what? It does. That speaks no. to the cycle of abuse. I mean, I, I wasn't there, but that just reminds me of that Chris Rock set where he's like, you know, wim- yeah, where where Chris Rock talks about how like a girl be, you know, girls are like, oh, that's too dirty. That's too dirty. And then they'll be in the club. Be like, put it in my eye. Put it in my <laughs> eye. <laughs> Okay, so, um, you know, speaking of, you know, good things that happened this week, before we go to break, we have to mention that since Hoya Brown has been granted clemency, we know that she was originally sentenced uh, to life for, as a human trafficking victim, she killed somebody who, you know, paid her for sex. Uh, It was as she says, in self-defense. She was a teenager at the time. This was a grown man. Uh, she was a victim uh, and now a survivor. And now she has been freed. And we know that a number of celebrities like Rihanna and Kim Kardashian, they helped to uh, amplify her case. And Kim Kardashian a- actually enlisted a top-notch legal team in 2017 to pay for lawyers to help Brown's case. And now she's being free. Thoughts just, quickly? Yeah, just one correction. She she will be freed. She's will not freed. Free August, yet, um, August in 2019. August when she's getting out uh, my, my only thought is look this is one person um and that is a great thing and i'm so glad that she's getting out but there are so many more people in prison that are there either wrongfully that were convicted wrongfully or that are in situations like hers where they were convicted when they actually did commit a crime but maybe they shouldn't have been because of self-defense and of course we see most of the time men white men usually can use a self-defense but black women um usually will not will still be found guilty um even in situations where they bring up the fact that they were acting in self-defense so you know it's great that she's being freed but the work continues so please if you guys are engaged in this just realize that the bigger picture is big and we need to keep working 
Yeah, I think that it's it's amazing this news and it, it's hopeful, happy news that you know in a, such a dark time. But I think that it shouldn't necessarily. To Alyssa's point exactly, there are so many more people in similar situations that don't have the resources that you know Kim Kardashian has to provide to help them get out of their situation. So it speaks, you know, it's it's a great thing that this is happening. But we still need to be aware of the many many people that don't have this kind of support and resources behind them to get out of where they are. So, guys, we do have to go on a quick break, but I just want to leave you with one more thought that the fastest growing population in prisons is actually women and most of them because they are they have drug addiction or they are escaping or reacting to an abusive relationship. And Toya Brown was somebody who had been kidnapped as a child and was being used as a sex slave. So, you know, besides just like trying to get more people out of jails and prisons, we got to make sure we're fighting for women because what's happening to women, particularly black and brown women in this country is flat out disgusting. Absolutely. Uh, On that note, we do have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about the shutdown showdown that's happening and unfolding right before our eyes. This is let your voice be heard. I ain't gonna stop. Woo. Woo. What? You got like a dark Cosby sweater. Damn. I can't even say Cosby sweater anymore. You can say Cosby sweater. I mean, you know, Quaaludes, Cosby. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem, where Stanley makes inappropriate jokes about women's sweaters and throws Bill Cosby's name in there. Okay, um, so um, guys, we are all in the government shutdown and we're going to have this conversation uh, starting with the fact that, you know, today marks the 23rd day of the partial federal government shutdown. And this makes it the longest in history with no end in sight. Now, many federal institutions are closed while hundreds of thousands of workers are furloughed, causing many of them to worry about, you know, the things we take for granted in life, like buying groceries, paying rents and mortgages and providing for families. Meanwhile, the government shutdown is causing the rest of us to question and ponder the big questions like, are we going to get our tax returns on time? And will we be delayed or held up at the airport now that TSA works? Workers are not getting paid. Yes. So the shutdown is being fueled over President Trump's refusal to pass a bipartisan government funding bill because it does not include money for his ego driven border wall. Last week, 18 days into the shutdown, the president delivered a reprehensible primetime speech where he pitted Americans of color against one another and grounded his case for a wall in, a fall, in false premises. So one false premise was Trump, that pr- Trump pushed was, and I quote, our southern border is a pipeline for vast quantities of illegal drugs, including meth, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. False. In actuality, the majority of drugs smuggled through the southern border come through official ports of entry. For example, according to a Drug Enforcement Administration report, most heroin smuggled into the country comes in via vehicles driven through legal ports of uh, entry, followed by tractor trailers where the heroin is commingled with legal goods. Body carriers, on the other hand, they typically carry very small amounts of heroin uh, and they tape it to like their bodies. They put it in their shoes or their backpacks. Right. So another lie that Trump pushed is that Americans should be afraid that undocumented immigrants are going to come and murder our families. False. In reality, undocumented workers commit violent crimes at a much lower rate than native-born Americans, while immigrants legally in the U.S. are even less likely to do so. White men commit crimes at much higher rates. Thank you for that, Alyssa. 
Another point in the speech, Trump falsely claimed that there has been a, and I quote, sharp rise in unlawful migration. False. That's a lie. Overall, unauthorized migration to the U.S. has, in fact, fallen steadily since the Great Recession. Now, Trump also falsely claimed that the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade deal which has not been approved by Congress, will indirectly pay for the wall. False. Because there is no provision in that deal stipulating that Mexico will provide money to the U.S. for a wall. So during this conversation, we're going to talk about the very real impact that the government is having on us now that it's shut down and the manufactured immigration crisis, which is at the center of this issue. I want to open up the panel discussion by getting you all you all's uh, reactions to the government shutdown and that awful speech that happened a few days ago. Jack? I just want to say before we get into it, if any of our listeners um, either on Facebook Live or listening over air want to uh, work for the federal government and are being furloughed right now and want to call in and share their experiences or leave a comment, we will definitely read it on the air. Uh, We want to hear from you. How has this impacted you? What do you think the government should be doing? You can call us at 212-650-6903 or leave us a comment at beheard underscore radio on Twitter or on our Facebook Live. We definitely want to hear. That's Facebook.com slash let your voice be heard. Yeah. Um, you have some thoughts and reactions. Yeah, to this, it, as this well? is crazy, man. Like this, you know, it, it, I have a lot of thoughts and the speech I thought was like, I don't know. I thought maybe we would learn something new about what Trump was thinking or planning to do. But it was just, you know, a call to his base. I mean, ultimately, we know why he's doing this and sticking so firm to it. Right. Because if he gets this wall and he gets this this through, he gets reelected. Oh, I thought it was because he had a small penis. Well, he (laughs) there's many reasons why, you know, but I I think that this is chief among them. This was his biggest campaign promise. His biggest campaign promise was to build this wall, right? Um, And he needs to push it through and he's willing to allow hundreds of thousands of federal workers to go without pay and still be expected to show up to work uh, just to build this really, you know, sort of fascist monument um, as a symbol that doesn't actually do anything, right? This wall is not going to just keep people out, um, but it is a huge symbol to say we do not welcome other people here. We do not want you in this country. And I think he knows that he needs this wall to uh, reinvigorate his base. Um, but And he's willing to go to these extreme lengths to allow hundreds of thousands of people to go without pay for weeks just so that he can get this through. So so a few initial thoughts. One, I did not watch his speech. Instead, I watched Stormy Daniels fold laundry right. in lingerie, which was great, by the way. <laughs> At the end of it, she held up a bag of Flaming Hot Cheetos and, and ate them. Loved that. Um, You know, the biggest thing to me that's so scary about this is really um, what's going on at the airport, because although actually I shouldn't even say that because I think the airport security is ineffectual. So scratch that. Or as the lawyers would say, strike that. No, the truth is the really most frustrating thing about this is Donald Trump saying he's going to potentially declare an emergency to build this wall when there's really no emergency other than a humanitarian crisis that he created. Um, And yet we literally have a gun emergency every other day. Um, We have a climate change emergency that 
is not going away. And, you know, not for nothing, Republicans, be careful what you wish for, because if you do this this way, then the next time a Democrat's president, then maybe they're going to declare an emergency to just act when it comes to gun violence, um, you know, or which, some of these other issues. Would which would be appropriate. Should, which would even be appropriate. That is totally, because um, it is an emergency. You know, so, like, if we want to talk about government overreach, you know, like, obviously, be careful what you wish for. But before we go to Stanley, just we're getting two quick comments that we want to read. One, Kenroy Charrington says, um, I'm hoping that if more Republicans put force with the Democrats, Trump will back down before March. Please don't hurt my snap. We're going to talk about that, how it's really affecting people. Um, and Ulysses Simone says, white men make sure they take out at least 15 plus people when they murder. <laughs> so true. Um, and so in line with my comments about, you know, how gun violence is the real emergency. Yeah. So just for those of you who are listening, I do want to give one piece of information. If you um, rely on public assistance, it is good at least until February. They have enough funding to last until February. But if this if this shutdown goes any longer, we're going to be in trouble, and a lot of people are going to be hurt. Th- th- this entire thing, we should be clear, like Aslina has said, is based on just racism. Um, the, he wants $5 billion for the wall. If we could take $5 billion right now and invest it into the country, every single person can get student loan forgiveness and we could still pay for free college for everyone. Or we could pay for health insurance for every single person in this country. But the way that things are set up right now, unfortunately, we can't go in that direction. Folks should know that, you know, right now, yesterday, people, Friday, people got their paychecks and it said $0.00 and zero cents on them. And most of those people are not going to get back pay because a lot of people in the federal government, like a lot of us now, they're not even actual workers. They're paid contractors, which means they can pay you a base salary, but they don't have to provide you any kind of benefits. So this is a really bad situation. Janitors, um, home care workers, a lot of folks are not going to get paid at all. And the government is pretty much saying, well, you know, so what? Yeah, I mean, Donald Trump himself said, you know, something along the lines of, you know, it's inconvenience, but he said he thinks that the workers who are not being paid uh, don't mind uh, sacrificing their hard-owned money uh, so that he can try to build a wall. And and I just want to say that another reason why this wall is so detrimental is because the mass majority of people who are coming to this country are seeking asylum. And a wall would not stop that because that's a legal process. So they can legally come here to the border and ask for asylum. So the wall at this point, it's just purely symbolic. I want to talk about the shutdown's impact on food stamps, tax returns, and other aspects of how this is affecting society. I know that Stanley touched on uh, the food stamps, and one of our uh, listeners also asked about how, you know, food stamps will be affected. uh, And, you know, Stanley was right. Food stamps are funded through February. But what happens after that? And, you know, also what about, uh, you know, uh, WIC, W-I-C, which is for women who have children who need government assistance. You know, that's funded through February. But, I mean, February is the shortest month of the year. You know, what happens? Don't you know Republicans are so pro-life? They they want you to have that baby. But then once it comes out, they're like, oh, WIC, oh, don't care. You know, I mean, look, the, the end of the day, this destabilizes our country. Not having the government funded, not paying federal workers. Um, it destabilizes the country um, because of the fact that, like, for example, at the airport, Now, the issue of whether or not I think TSA security is effective is like another show. Uh, You know, that's another episode of Let Your Voice Be Heard. But the truth is, if you have... uh 
um, federal workers that literally work at the airports and their job is supposed to be to keep terrorists from getting on the plane and they're not showing up to work because they're not getting paid, that makes us less safe. Um, if you have women that are struggling uh, to survive um, you know, and to put food on the table for their kids and may think about now going out and committing a crime so that they can put food on the table, that makes us less safe. If you have federal prison workers that are not being paid and also federal inmates that are not getting the services that they are supposed to be getting, that makes us less safe. And there's so many other examples I could give on that. So while we're talking about a border wall, which every single expert says does not make us more safe and will not have the effect that Trump thinks it's going to have. Um, and yet he's holding up government funding because of this wall, which, again, as we've mentioned, is largely symbolic uh, um, and, and really Every expert has looked at this, says will not have an effect. Um, we are in turn actually making the country less safe in doing that. And, and I should say, Donald Trump is making the country less safe because, after all, this is his shutdown. He said, and I quote, I own the shutdown. If you guys don't give me what we, I want, I will shut this thing down. Right. And I, I have to wonder, you know, has he and his has has Trump's people have Trump's people looked at who is the most affected by the shutdown and by not receiving paychecks and benefits and have they weighed it and said you know what it's worth screwing over these people because they're not going to vote for us anyway and if it reinvigorates our base then great I think about TSA workers in particular you know airports are usually in urban centers right they're in cities and oftentimes TSA employees are um, not super well paid to begin with. And many times, many TSA workers are people of color. And I think to Trump, he's probably like, well, I don't need them anyway. They weren't going to vote for me. So let them go without pay. Yeah, but it deserves to be mentioned that farmers are not able to get their loans approved right now. And so there's a major crisis going on with farms and people who actually voted for Trump. And there's all these farmers that are like, oh, my God, what am I going to do that? The the FDA isn't working. All these other agencies are working. There was numerous stories in The New York Times this week about how blue collar workers and Trump supporters and farmers and craft brewers and all these people that supported Trump are literally, you know, don't know what's going to happen with their farm. And they don't know how they're going to be able to operate and what crops they're going to plant for next year and whether or not they're going to be able to get the loans from the agricultural department in order to do it. So, yes, on one hand, it is like TSA workers and people that, you know, are not Trump supporters. But on the other hand, there's a lot of Trump people being, you know, impacted by this shutdown as well. Yeah, absolutely, guys. You know, there's there's a lot going on. Thank you so for uh, thank you, Alyssa, for giving all of those examples about how this shutdown is making our country effectively less safe. And you know, even you know when we think about safe, you know, we just had how many different E. coli outbreaks, and we couldn't eat lettuce for a while. Like, I think the FDA has a very important job of making sure our food is safe as well. Uh, but but we do have to go on a quick break. We have a call on the line. We're going to get to your call as well, and we're going to talk about tax returns because I know that's another big issue. Uh, there's a lot of speculation and concerns going around. Will we actually get our taxes come tax season? So don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Something, something. Oh, you ready, Selena? My bad. You did that purposefully. A little bit. Um, we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Again, I'm Selena Hill. I'm here with our full staff and crew, Stanley Fritz, Alyssa Fuchs, and Jackie Cohen. And we're talking about the government shutdown showdown of 2019. Uh, one thing that we definitely want to talk about is tax returns because there's a lot of questions around that. And I want to throw it to Stanley. 
Stanley because apparently we had a call on the line who also wanted to let their voice be heard. Yeah, just real quick to um, Ulyssa as well. They're not getting back pay because they're subcontract workers, so they won't be getting that back. Only some people will get back pay. The One of the calls, and she didn't want to go on air, but one thing she pointed out was that when he asked Trump why he was in no rush to reopen a government, and he said, well, it's only impacting Democrats. And what she said is that she feels Trump said that because he perceives Democrats as just black and Latino people and quote-unquote Mexicans and gay people, which we all know he doesn't care much about. So just as Republicans are trying to stop people of color from voting to change the levers of power, they're also literally trying to kill us off by using this government shutdown to, to hold people back from resources. And as we know, 78% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. One missed paycheck can be the difference between you having a home and sleeping on the streets. Uh, guys, if you want to call in, make sure you dial us up at 212-650-6903. Uh, so, you know, from my understanding, and just so we all have full clarity, tax we will all be getting our taxes, but apparently the IRS is like 51% down in staffing or something like that. Well, clarify. Yeah, so the... The president, the White House has said that everyone will get their tax returns yes. on time. They cannot guarantee <laughs> that because pretty much they have demanded that everyone at the IRS come back to work. These folks are still not getting paid. So like at the TSA where folks aren't getting paid but required to come to work, folks are calling out sick and mass and they're not showing up to work and they're not doing their job, which in theory should happen. The same thing should happen with the IRS. So maybe you might get your tax return on time, but probably you won't. And the longer this government shutdown goes, the more likely a lot of those folks are going to have to look for other work because this has just been one paycheck. What happens the next payday now? You're a full month without any money coming in. So don't be so confident about your taxes coming in on time. I would expect them to be late. You know, not for nothing. I think that's when this may all end because when Trump supporters don't get their tax returns and they start getting pissed off about that. And, you know, farmers obviously are a small subset. Um, but when all those Republicans and Trump supporters and racists, alleged racists or actual racists, don't get their tax returns, they're going to be just as mad, at which point they're going to start contacting their representatives and saying they want to open the government, which means this really isn't about a border wall. It's about racism. Absolutely. And guys, and speaking of racism, uh, we know that during Trump's infamous speech, he literally pitted people of color against each other, against undocumented immigrants when he said, and I quote, all Americans are hurt by uncontrolled illegal migration. It strains public resources and drives down jobs and wages. Are you okay? I'm, that's my Trump impression, and I'm not done. <laughs> Among those hardest hit, are African Americans and Hispanic Americans. I've been practicing that, by That's the way. That's what I, wow. Could you tell? Well, I've been practicing. well done. Amazing. Thank you. you SNL, I'm available for <laughs> bookings. Okay. But I just want, okay, so Trump literally said those words. It wasn't a laughing matter. You know, Jackie, you want to chime in? I mean, I think that he's done that repeatedly, right? He did that along the campaign trail. And, and the way that he's always talked to black people has been to say, oh, things are so bad for you. So what, you know, you should vote for me because like how much worse could it get? That's essentially what he said, right? So this kind of falls right into his playbook. So this is a thousand percent false. Um, quote unquote, illegal immigration is not impacting the jobs of black and Latino people at all. Actually, like Selena said at the beginning of the show, um, um, immigration from Mexico and the southern border into America has decreased significantly since 2008. The thing that is actually hurting employment for those of you who, who really want to know is the fact that we have wage stagnation, which means that money is like the amount of money you get is not going up. 
Meanwhile, the cost of living and everything else has gone up significantly. And then on top of that, the rich are getting a larger share of the money every single year, including in this last tax cut where the rich made billions of dollars off these tax cuts and regular folks probably made between 3 to $7 on average. And if we had more money coming into poor, working poor and working class people, then we see a huge difference in the economy and in our paychecks. And I just want to say quickly to my black brothers and sisters in particular, do not get caught up in the hype because I've had conversations particularly in African American community where they're like oh we don't want you know Spanish people coming here and, and they, they actually feed into that rhetoric mm. and you have to remember Trump doesn't want you know people from other countries who are black and brown coming either I mean Haitians in particular, we know that he is trying to remove their temporary protection status yeah. and send back Haitian refugees and people who needed asylum because the country has been in ruins for so many years. He's trying to get everybody up out of here. And, you know, just a few months ago, I was in Haiti and I saw the devastation myself firsthandedly. The country still needs a lot of infrastructure and it needs to be built up. And frankly, it's not as safe for certain people to go back and live. So I think we need to give them the choice. If you want to go back to Haiti, yes, go ahead, build up the country and contribute. But if not, we should not be kicking them out. No, absolutely. And look, and the reason, the other reason why you know what this is really about is there was a breaking news update this week that Donald Trump wants to divert money away from Puerto Rico's relief fund and into the border wall. Um, so like that's a, if, if it doesn't make it any clearer that he does not care about black and brown people and instead wants to put Put up a racist border wall. An even better piece of information about this is the number one reason that people are in this country illegally is not because they cross the southern border. It is because they come here on a visa and they overstay. And the majority of people who are coming here on a visa and overstaying are not black and Hispanic and are not coming from South American countries. I'm not going to tell you who they are because I think it's irrelevant. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, no, it's actually Asians. Um, but well, now oh. I told you who you are because I had to correct you. But, I tricked her. You know, like the the fact is, I saw this great meme the other day, and I'm going to read it because this is what this really comes down to. In some ways, it comes down to money. Rich people know that if they can convince poor and people of color to go against each other, that they get to keep all the wealth concentrated in their hands. And this is what it says: A banker, a worker, and an asylum seeker are sitting at a table with 20 cookies. The banker takes 19 cookies and warns the worker, "Watch out! The asylum seeker is going to take your cookie away." <laughs> Thank you, Alyssa, for telling us, you know, just really putting that very concisely in a meme. We are wrapping it up. Stanley has a quick thing he wants to say or read. Go ahead. Yeah, just when DeAndre asked how long can the government be shut down um, before some type of martial law, the government can be shut down for as long as... Indefinitely. The yeah, indefinitely. It doesn't, there's not really like a deadline on when it can reopen. As far as martial law, uh, I don't, I'm not really sure how to answer that question. I'm not sure... That's something that we can do, Alyssa? I mean, martial law is essentially the idea that if there was a national emergency, like, for example, if we got nuked, um, that the government could institute what they call martial law, which is essentially suspending the Bill of Rights of the Constitution um, and doing things that the government would otherwise be able to do, um, not be able to do. So they're sort of, they're unrelated in some ways. Um, could a government shutdown that went on for so long lead to a situation where you had to institute martial law only in a situation where people got 
you know, so desperate that they started looting and setting fires. And I mean, could it happen? Yeah, it could. Um, but um, generally speaking, I would say the two things are unrelated. Okay, so we do have to bring this conversation to a close. But before we say goodbye, we should talk about what we can and should be doing about this. I mean, Jackie, what are some actionable steps people can try to take to put our government back in order and to demand that it's reopened, as well as making sure that we stay aware of the humanitarian crisis at the border. Yeah, I think that you shouldn't fall for false flags, as Alyssa really um, definitely laid out. I think that, you know, this is just this is just wrong, right? This whole issue is factually incorrect to, to think that this is, I don't know, like, don't fall for this rhetoric, right? It's racist, it's xenophobic, and it's a ploy to disenfranchise hundreds of thousands of people who are government workers um, and people who are refugees, seeking refugee status, right, seeking protection from violence in their own countries to get this fascist statue built along 2,000 miles across the border, right? And so I would say don't fall for it. Call your elected officials and tell them that we do not want a wall. Um, If you are impacted by this shutdown, if you are not receiving pay, you need to call your elected officials, your Congress members, your uh, your U.S. senators, and demand that they push to reopen the government um, because this is this cannot continue. Stanley quickly what steps should we all be taking? So the most important thing you can be doing is calling your elected officials. Obviously call Democrats and tell them to make sure that we we fund this government and tell them not to fund the wall. Well, but yeah. when you're if you if you live in a district where you have a Republican as your representative and if you're not sure you can literally just go to Google and type in who is my Senate representative or congressional representative and it'll, it'll tell you to, based on your zip code. Call them, let them know that we don't want a wall. You have to fund our government. And I would also ask the man that they give every single worker who has not received pay back pay, including subcontracted workers like janitors and other folks like Mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. Alyssa, 30 seconds, final words on what we can be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one, obviously, call your officials, too. If you're conservative, if you're a Republican, if you voted for Trump, it's really important that you make your voice heard, that you contact your elected officials and say, look, I voted for him. um, But, you know, now that I look at how this fight is prolonged fight is going to impact, you know, not just me, but the safety of our country and our community. I realized that I was wrong and that we don't need this wall. Now, some people are never going to get there because they're racist, but there are a lot of Republicans that potentially have the ability to impact this, especially people like I mentioned, like farmers that are really being affected by this. And of course, as I say at the end of every show, and I will show you my shirt, P-H-U-C-K-I-N-G vote in the next election. Make sure you vote. Elections have consequences. Your vote matters. And I just want to end by saying uh, this. A quote from Donald Trump uh, when he was asked about how people are being impacted. He said, I'm sure that people that are on the receiving end, meaning the government shutdown, will make adjustments. They always do. And in fact, he was actually questioned by someone saying, you know, you used to be a landlord. If you, you know, in real estate as a landlord, do you think that people who can't pay their rents on time because they're not getting a paycheck, should they get some relief? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But the fact of the matter is, that's not the reality. That's not who Donald Trump is. He was literally kicking black and brown people out of the buildings that he owned here in New York a few decades ago. And that's that's just not a reality of something that we can expect. Like he's putting this onus on us, the workers, the taxpayers, and then trying to basically tell us to figure it out. It's basically like, let them eat cake. And, you know, at this point, to Alyssa's point, if you were someone who voted for Donald Trump, if you aren't waking up 
now, I don't know when you will get it. Donald Trump does not care about you. He does not care about the fact that you can't buy groceries, that you're not paying your rent, and that you, you can't even pay off your creditors. He doesn't care about how this is affecting your credit score. He said it. He keeps saying it. So he's basically like, figure it out. So he's putting it on us. And in return, we need to make sure that we take our passion, we take whatever we're feeling to the polls and vote. On that note, we do have to say goodbye. But I want to thank everyone who hung out with us today. Thank you so much for all the comments we received via Facebook Live. And, of course, if you want to continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, please do so on our Patreon account. That's Patreon slash Be Heard Radio. If you leave a donation or make a donation and support the causes, uh, that's, uh, if you support us, then we'll support the causes that are affecting you.